Hi, I'm Patrick Pond, CEO and founder of Fabro, and this is the Learn From Leaders podcast. The background to this show is that Fabro customers are some of the most innovative companies in the world. Enterprises wanting to be more agile, software as a service companies scaling fast, and game developers and publishers wanting to master live ops. So we get to know some truly inspiring leaders in product development, marketing, operations, sales, executive management. And what we do here is that we interview them about leadership so we can all learn from them. Let's go. And we are live uh, with uh, Adrian. Uh, welcome to the podcast. All right. Thanks for inviting me. All right. I'm, I'm super happy to have you. And, you know, we, we are going to talk about, um, you know, team empowerment. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite topics. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. But but I think, you know, not everyone um, knows you and, and the company. So maybe you can just give a little bit of the story, you know, how you how you, how you got to where you, you know where you are today. Okay, okay. yes. So, so I'm Adrian. I'm one of uh, five founders of uh, Black Forest Games. Uh, we are a game development studio located in Germany, very close to the French border. So we are close to Strasbourg, European... Uh, um, European... Uh, um hauptstadt <laughs> capital so um actually that's why we have a quite international team with uh, i think a uh, third of the people french uh, third uh, german and third others so we are currently around 110 people we are 100 uh, now we are 10 years old so actually we started uh, 2012 with a team that worked together even longer. So from a company called Spellbound, it's in one of the first German game development studios. So they're so the most successful game back then was Desperados, which is in a real-time strategy game, which is maybe that's something where some people know. And um, then in uh, 2011, uh, we had a big uh, contract that was canceled. So the studio went down. I myself have just joined the year before because I was working for Electronic Arts before in Germany and was just ready <laughs> to join Spellbound when some months later we had to, to shut down. And then uh, five of the key uh, managers, we, we sat together said, okay, what, what do we do next? We had a team of 35 people who uh, uh, had families and stuff. So we said, okay, let's, let's start a, an own company. Uh, we are located at the corner of the Black Forest, so <laughs> we had the um, crazy idea to call us Black Forest Games. Uh, but we also had this BFG in mind, you know, big fucking gun from uh, from Doom, so there was some kind of uh, a pun intended. And it was just the, the time of indie, indie hype, uh, Steam was... Uh, great platform to go into where they just opened up so everyone could publish uh, and Kickstarter was coming up so we said hey let's do a Kickstarter yeah, make big money and uh, uh, be rich yeah. so we started with the first Kickstarter ever made in Germany with uh, Project Jana it's about Jana Sisters Jana Sisters is a very old IP from the C64 area and we had the IP because it was in a spellbound IP Yes, and then we did a Kickstarter, it was successful. We did all the stuff with uh, a green light process. We just wanted to to release on Steam and then they said, oh, wait, we implement the Steam green light process. Um, back then we went through that 
uh, we released the game, it was quite successful. Um, then we did another game, we went early access, all this stuff. But the goal always was to go a little bit bigger. Um, and then uh, 2012, we sold the company to THQ Nordic, so that we had uh, actually the opportunity to go into bigger games. And the first title we completely uh, developed under THQ Nordic, now Embracer, um, so we are all Swedish, um, was uh, this <laughs> remake of Destroy Humans. Uh, and we just released uh, the second remake, Destroy Humans 2, um, which you see some, some pictures in the background. And that for me is some kind of, of circle because when I worked at EA, that was just when uh, John Riccicello was uh, CEO and he, he bought Pandemic uh, and closed the studio and uh, Destroy Humans is, was developed by, by Pandemic and now we made the remake. So at the end, uh, life is a circle. Yeah. And now I'm here and eager to talk to you. <laughs> it's so interesting. I mean, we, we could get into the whole like circle of what happens in the game industry. But you know, but the reflection I'm making is actually this. Um, it's interesting that we are in an industry where you can be relatively young. I, I would like to believe that both you and I are not too old, uh, but you're still a veteran, right? Yes. <laughs> um, it, it's one of the few industries where, you know, you can, you can, you know, uh, you, you, you can be a veteran without actually, you know, having to be being very old <laughs> that old you know? <laughs> so, uh, so i think that is super cool um before we go into talking about uh, team empowerment I, I would like to ask you a little bit about what you said about you know the, the acquisition there by you know um you know embracer because obviously uh today embracer is, is one of them um you know most uh, influential um you know companies you know in in the game industry i mean there's, there's a lot of you know, if I look at, you know, your, your fellow, um, you know, companies, you know, in the, in their portfolio, I mean, it's pretty impressive. Right. And, and I'm not saying that because I'm Swedish and, and it's a Swedish company and I'm, I'm saying that because it's, it's, it's a relatively new phenomenon. I mean, you know, if we go back, um, you know, the, the typical acquirer would be someone like electronic cards, like what happened with pandemic, you know, and, and now we have these, you know, we have these new companies who are doing. Uh, you know, big things in, in, in our industry and Embrace is probably like the best example of someone, you know, who's, who's able to create a portfolio of, 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 you know, very, very interesting companies and, and making something really good, you know, out of it. Um, my question w would be, um, how, you know, how would you describe like the, the, the change, you know, going from, you know, being independent, you know, to being part of a family and like, you know, what was good with this? And, and maybe if you can share something that you think was maybe less good, mm -hmm. if you dare. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, so actually we were the, the first uh, first studio of this big uh, acquisition run. Yeah? So uh, back then, uh, THQ Nordic, uh, we had the THQ Nordic GmbH in, in Vienna and the mother company THQ Nordic uh, in Karlstadt. And um, we knew THQ Nordic already for a while, so the, the Vienna people uh, from back in times, even from Spellbound times. And as uh, Black Forest Games, we one one of our strategy to, to survive, and it was really a survival mode, was to focus to have uh, Pillar Ruby self-published games. We also were trying to, to pitch for uh, publisher games, um, and also we had the part where we we're doing non-games business. Yeah, and we had all this situation where at the end, 
every time when when the resources are tight and they are always tight uh our own game we wanted to self-publish uh um was at at last in the order when it comes to to sharing resources so we always try to cause uh, do your contract work and that's uh, the main stuff is when it's non-game stuff where you do some we did uh, assets for for big simulations and stuff like that we even had an a driving school simulator we were doing and that's not what we wanted to do and that's the big big part when when it came to the acquisition where we completely could get rid of all these non-gaming projects so we finally finally could focus on gaming and then finally on on one one project really everyone in the studio each developer could do gaming and that that was the, the big big advantage and of course you uh, you have this uh, this strong financial background which uh, just gives you security gives you uh, the power and the possibilities to try out things to do make the step up to hire maybe the specialists you need uh, to get better in your quality that was uh, definitely the biggest part and the second part is that with uh, a background of the name of THQ Nordic and now with the big name Embracer which is actually I think now the biggest biggest uh, European gaming uh, company by whatever matrix but you will find one where it's biggest um, that gives you the opportunity to hire great people yeah you would never had the chance to get someone to like Forest Game to Stad yeah we are a city where a small town and in southwest of Germany yeah, I don't know let's go to Ubisoft Berlin or whatever so that was the other big advantage we are talking about things that might not be that uh, that okay. There's not that much because we really have a great in the independence here. We creative wise uh, and running the studio, we still have all the freedom you know, we we had before, and that's uh, not only um, because of the great uh, cooperation with THQ Nordic Vienna, but it's also because that's the strategy of Embracer saying, okay, we really want to have this these uh, founders uh, running the studios because we believe in them the one thing where we sometimes talk with uh, with my, my partner here my other managing director when back then in bfg times we were running everywhere in europe trying to sell our games in us gdc e3 wherever um going there you're pitching you had this 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 tension there this excitement when you have to think now now that could be something yeah and go into it uh and that's something you, you're missing somehow because we we are it's really we are now planned for the next year we know what to do we have uh, we have to get a project set yeah and you're missing somehow this excitement this this crazy things yeah but of course you forget all the disappointments you had when <laughs> finally you get no sorry yeah all right super so um Let's get a little bit into the the topic of today, you know, you know, em empowering teams. But and I think the first question that is important then is is you know the big why, you know, why why is it important? So, um, you know, for, you know, for you as a you know as a CEO, I mean, why do you think empowering teams, um, you know, is 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 an important objective? Um, you know, what what kind of business value does it create for you? Yeah, we have, I think there's several key key factors. Uh, one is uh, when you grow a studio, you start small, all the communication goes well, and um, you can lead people. We were five people in uh, in different disciplines, and everything was running through us. Yeah, now we are 110 people, and you can't control 
anymore what you have. So um, you need to have a way still to make the studio function. Yeah. Um, and empowerment helps. Yeah. The other thing is uh, you have all these great people, yeah, and you pay a lot of money to get them, you pay a lot of money to keep them, yeah, and they have all this talent, the skills, the experience, yeah. And if you still uh, go by, okay, I tell you what to do, yeah, and it's all top down, why do you need those skilled and experienced people? No, you would like to raise this, this treasure they have, yeah, and empowerment, giving them the opportunity. Um, to make decisions, to be creative, that's important. And that's also part of what keeping people is uh, to create an interesting work environment, especially in, in an industry where it's about being creative and everyone wants to be creative, that's why they're here. Uh, and you should give them the space to be creative and that's empowerment, empower you to make your decisions to, um, to try things out. Yeah. And I believe that's very important to make the, the job um, interesting and attractive and, and keep people here. And last but not least, it's really about um, about taking off some workload just uh, from from the managing uh, management team uh, and the leads, yeah, because uh, you can't do anything anymore yourself. So that's the that's the factors where we say, okay, that's why we want to do uh, want to go this empowerment direction. So, so there's a couple of things there you said that I, I would like to ask a follow up question on. So, for example, you know, when you were talking about management, you said, you know. Uh, offload some of the responsibilities. So, I mean, in practice, it means that the teams will have more responsibility for the, you know, the management of work, right? Exactly. So uh, that means uh, two, two questions I have, you know, one is, um, you know, how, how have you worked with, um, the changing role of management, you know, um, how did, how, you know, how did the role of management change, you know, in, in your company and, and. And has it been has it been hard? Uh, but also the other question is that you know sometimes you know with teams um, suddenly getting you know this you know they, they can't say oh it's the boss yeah. and it's like well you're responsible <laughs> you know yeah. uh, you know can you just share a little bit of your experiences both you know with the team getting this bigger man managerial responsibility but also the you know the, the the manager you know maybe needing to adapt to a little bit of a different leadership style. So we started with this, uh, I think three years ago, we were really pushing for this. We, we built this, uh, middle management level and we are still working on it. So we are far from being done. Um, it's, as you said, it's on the management level. Yeah. To let go because, uh, we came from, we have this, this great people also in, in the founders and the management level. Yeah. And they're, they're great in the area. We probably have one of the best uh, coders, uh, in in Europe here and it in as, as one of the founders and as our, um, executive tech director. And then you need to let go. You need to be happy with 80%. Yeah. You need to be happy with something where, where you might think, okay, it would have made it different. Yeah. And that's a big step in the mindset. It's not, it's a development in the mindset. Yeah. We, we talk a lot. We had external trainers, we had workshops. Yeah. We try to, um, to train us yeah to let go yeah and on the team side this is something uh i said it's responsibility because uh, the first step is to understand what do we mean with empowerment yeah? and it's uh, very hard to get the common understanding of it for us empowerment means that you take responsibility that, that you are one now you two to make this happen uh, and we believe it only can work if 
if we are completely transparent, so much more communication than before, sharing info, even telling, okay, what your intent to do, so that that you give a feeling of uh, of comfort to your leads, yeah, because they 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 want to give you a response, but you're of course you're nervous, okay, what they're doing now, and uh, especially in this complex uh, game development part where where it's easy that uh, one team is going in, in that direction, the other team is that direction, and you just realize four weeks later and person in charge director is sitting there empowering people but don't get any idea what they are doing so it's also lots about training uh, talking that's a lot about forcing people to communicate to what we call over communicate yeah so and um, that's that's what we are working on and we always face face big uh, challenges where where sometimes people just take empowerment as an excuse hiding their work saying okay but i'm empowered yeah so i just do my thing that's not what we mean with empowerment yeah you still have to share you still have to get input from others of course you're empowered to make a decision but you can shut off other other voices yeah that's not the plan it sounds like you know your your journey here has been um uh, very real you know it's 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 been some some things that might have been very beneficial and and, and good and then it sounds like you also you know you, you still have some tough tough things that you're working through right yep. um which which makes this conversation very very interesting and and i think there's a lot of other uh, leaders that that um you know are embarking on the same the same journey are there any kind of you know takeaways and learnings that you've done where that you can share? You know, you know maybe things where you, you know, you can share that. Okay, well, this is probably something I would like would have done a little bit differently, or basically any kind of learning. So uh, definitely, uh, um, we are now doing lots of workshops with the teams, bringing different groups together. We're talking with the leads, we're talking with directors, we're talking with mixed groups, we're talking with feature teams. And uh, definitely that's something I would, would do earlier next time. I put this at the beginning where really, okay, what is empowerment? What do we understand about empowerment? Um, what is not empowerment? Just last week we had the session for Father Leads where we gone through, okay, what is the definition of empowerment on our side? What is not empowerment? What are the big mistakes? We're also talking about the challenges because uh, um, just... Um, Staying there and talking empowerment, like, okay, that's the great thing we are doing and, and it will work out. Um, and people have their own ideas to think, okay, yeah, now they come up with another crazy idea or it will never work out or um, that's not, I don't feel empowered. Yeah. So we, we are now very open, honest talking about, we are on a journey, like you said, yeah. Um, we are not there yet, eh? but that's the goal, and that's why we're doing it. And that's something I really would uh, would do much earlier, at, even at the beginning, eh? and get everyone on board before you even start talking about uh, empowerment. Do you have an example of a very like an everyday practice that you changed that was a uh, like a tough one or a controversial one or you know something that was uh, a big deal in the in in your organization? Yeah, so. If- Let's go for an example. Um, our art director, who is um, who is uh, thinking in some areas, also extremely great, yeah. And he's a perfectionist, yeah. And um, actually, we forced him um, not to attend 
the planning meetings. Yeah. Said, okay, now we change completely. We do, we do work in sprints. Yeah. And at the beginning of sprint, we do the planning meeting. We completely loaded this up to the middle management. Yeah. And he was always wanting to join there. Yeah. And I really forced him not to join this meeting. Yeah. And it was a big, big, big uh, um, challenge for him. And it also was a complete new experience for the middle management. And it took a while until they really sorted it out and actually uh, made their own way of planning. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's an example. Yeah. But sometimes you really have to um, do this, forcing someone to do this and risking, okay, he is not happy. He might not be happy with some results. Yeah. Uh, and mistakes happened and things were, did happen that didn't went so well, yeah. But uh, the overall experience is, is a good one. Cool. And um, finally, you know, if you can give an example of um, uh, something you would like to change. I mean, what was what, like? I mean, you know, maybe you know when you know your team is listening now, they're going to be like, okay, now we know what's coming. <laughs> but I mean, what is the next thing coming? What, what is like your next initiative? You know, to to drive this further. We will do uh, an offsite meeting with the leads. Yeah. Um, two days they will go into the the woods. Uh, actually, oh, it will be a nice hotel, yeah. <laughs> and it will be snow probably because it's in four weeks, not as much as in Sweden. And really let them work out um, ideas how to change uh, or what they would like to change in the studio. Yeah. Not only in their team saying, okay, yeah, maybe that's how we work together, how we define our roles, yeah, and that will be a meeting uh, without the top management. And that uh, will be a very interesting experience for everyone, I think. I, I agree. That that sounds really cool. Um, and I mean, congrats on, you know, having, you know, firstly being, you know, humble about the fact that th this is a road, right? Um, and I think that's one of the keys to having you, having a chance at being successful at this. Um, but it also seems like you you already come a come a far way. Um, Thanks. And uh, I mean, the the final thing I would like to ask is, you know, I'm I'm you know a bit of an evangelist, of course, of the fact that um, you know the tools that you're using are also uh, going to have an influence on the culture you're getting. You know, if you're picking a tool which is all about centralization, well, you know, you're going to create a gravitation towards centralization if you if you if you're using. A tool like Favro, which is all about you know, decentralization, you're gonna get you know team autonomy and and you know those kind of things. But um, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want you to go go into like you know Favro pitch mode here in the thing, you know. But 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 it would be just interesting to just hear some of your thoughts around you know how because obviously we are in a world now where you know a lot of the work is is maybe actually not happening at the desk or around the water cooler. It's actually happening online, right? Uh, so what was your perspective on you know, the influence of the tools you use for the culture you create. So, um, in, in the middle of our culture is this empowerment stuff. And we have this, this pillars, uh, we said, okay, pillar, uh, one is, uh, is, uh, responsibility. Uh, another pillar is disagree and commit. Yeah. And the third pillar is transparency and transparency is, is a very key thing to build this trust and. Uh, you need a tool to build this transparency. Of course, you have to communicate, but it's also about, okay, uh, making what happens transparent. And that's for us, that, that's the project management tool, which is Favro. Yeah? And that without 
this complete transparency without the strong tool um, that gives you, or not gives you, that gives everyone the possibility to have an update, yeah, to share thoughts, yeah, to, to work together. Uh, this whole empowerment thing wouldn't work at all. Then you would need to get back to a top down. I tell you what to do. You, I can, you will get to me, get approval, and you move on. Yeah, and that's uh, this this tool. This trans for me, if I were a transparency tool, um, is is just key to make this happen. That's music to my ears. I might use that as a tagline. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey, Adrian, you know, this has been a really good, uh, good conversation. Um, I think there are many, many takeaways here for not only, um, you know, people starting a game studio now, but also people who've been running, you know, a game studio for a long time or running their fourth or fifth game studio. You know, it, this, this is, uh, this is really good stuff for, you know, both junior and senior. Um, I'm really grateful that, that you chose to join, uh, join me today here. It was great talking to you. Thanks for the invitation, really. All right, super. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you all for uh, listening. See you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you did, you know what to do. Share it in your social media so more people can take part and learn. And one more thing. Check out Favro Academy on favro.com for many more learnings. Thanks for tuning in.